Code Wins, Episode 9. Spike Brem of Airbnb discusses how we can share more code between the browser and server at JSConf 2014. Welcome to the Code Wins Podcast, where we cover leading edge web developer news and training with an emphasis on Node, JavaScript, and HTML5. My name is Jeff Barczewski, and I am here to help you navigate the winds of change. In this episode, I caught up with Spike Brem of Airbnb at JSConf 2014 to discuss the holy grail of JavaScript programming, or namely, how we can share more code on both the browser and the server. The links and show notes for this podcast are available at codewinds.com slash nine, as in episode nine. Let's get started. All right, today I'm speaking with uh, Spike Brem. He's a uh, software engineer for uh, uh, Airbnb, and he is uh, preparing to have a talk today at uh, JSConf for um, isomorphic uh, JavaScript. So, Spike, uh, tell me a little bit about isomorphic JavaScript. Sure. Uh, so, isomorphic JavaScript, it's kind of a funny term, um, but basically, iso, if you, if you break down the word a bit, iso means same, morph means form. So, just the idea is that you're able to share code, share JavaScript code between different environments, different platforms. Uh, and so I'm primarily interested in sharing code between the client and the server. So, you know, the web browser and Node.js. But there's a lot of other platforms you could imagine sharing between. There's Narwhal these days, which is the new Java 8 JavaScript runtime. There's, there's native platforms, Android and iOS. Um, there's devices, hard, like these little hardware devices running JavaScript. So many things run JavaScript these days. And you could imagine trying to share some business logic or or you know any kind of logic or templates between these, uh, but but today I'm really going to be focusing on client and server. Okay, awesome. Yeah, that sounds great. Yeah, I think uh, you know I think a lot of people have um, always had the hope that we could uh, share more and more things client and server. And I think that's one of the nice things about um, Node and, and Narwhal and these other things is being able to use the same language both places so then you don't have to keep switching context on how things work with uh, one language versus another and, um, and I think it's just becoming more and more possible these days so what uh, what uh, what's your take on on how the state of state of the art and technology as far as sharing is it uh, is it um, difficult is it hard I mean are there certain types of tools we want to use to to make that easier sure <clears throat> well it's it's pretty easy these days to share a little bit of uh, code between different environments. And so there's there's a number of tools that have popped up in libraries and even web frameworks that help you do this. And But I want to emphasize that it's a spectrum. So mm -hmm. uh, there's you could be sharing just like one little module or one little template between the client and the server, or you could be sharing your entire like application runtime, which is what some apps do. Uh, and that's much more difficult. It gets much more complex the further you go along that spectrum. Yeah. Uh, but the simple case is pretty pretty easy, and, and uh, we do this a lot at Airbnb. Uh, and our approach mostly revolves around Browserify. Okay. So Browserify is an awesome library. It's, it's a tool that lets you package up your CommonJS modules mm -hmm. into a browser bundle. Yeah. 
Um, and that in itself is cool, and there's other tools that do that, but what's really great about Browserify is that it could also package up NPM modules. Oh, so okay. anything in your node modules directory can be packaged into a bundle that's for the browser. Wow. And so okay. there's, there's, I mean, there's a million different examples of things that could work like that. Um, like one, one simple example is Cookie. And on NPM, there's a, there's a module called Cookie. Uh -huh. And it's, it's used in hundreds of other modules. But it's, it's, it's the cookie parsing and serialization library that's used by, for example, Express. Yeah. Connect. Okay. And it's just a simple you know, couple hundred lines of code that lets you parse and set cookies. And it handles all the edge cases. And it's battle tested, right? Right. And, and it's pretty common that you might have to set cookies on the client and on the server. Mm -hmm. um, and so what you could do with, with Browserify and NPM, if you were to say like var cookie equals require cookie. Yeah and that was in your node modules, Browserify would package that up and you could use that totally on the client side. Um, and so that's, that's like the basic technique. Yeah. Uh, but it gets, it, it can get more complicated. Uh-huh. I see, there's, there's kind of two, two categories of okay. isomorphic code. Yeah. Uh, there's, there's code that's, that's like environment agnostic. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't depend on environment at all. So yeah. it just deals with primitives, right? Strings, functions, objects, arrays. Yeah. Okay. So a good example of that is like most templating languages, like handlebars or Jade yep. or whatever. Right. It's pretty trivial to to use that on the client or the server because it's not it's not touching like the window object or you know the request or response objects on on the server. Yeah. It's just outputting a string. So that's you know something like that or like underscore or promise libraries, a lot of things you can just use yeah. in different environments. But the kind of the more interesting example is uh, is there's environments that are shimmed, provide shims for, mm -hmm. for different environments. Yeah. Or sorry, modules that provide shims for different environments. Okay. So they can expose the same API for the client and the server, but underneath their kind of there's different implementations for, for the different uh, Yeah. Okay. Right. The different environments. And so there's some examples here, but uh, Superagent is a really cool example. Okay. Superagent is an it's an HTTP client library yeah. like yeah. lets you make HTTP requests. Okay. But what's great about it is it's the same API on the client and the server. Oh, perfect. So you can make a GET request. You can inspect the response headers. Right. And right. you can send post data and you know upload files, all yeah. this stuff. Good. And you, probably most of us are used to using jQuery.ajax right. on the client side. Right. Yes. And then on the server side, the node there's like a million different mm -hmm. um, options, but basically the HTTP module. And so SuperAgent wraps that, and yeah. there it actually provides two different implementations okay. based on environment. And, yeah. uh, so then as a developer, you can come in, learn uh -huh. one API really well, and, mm -hmm. and then be able to use that on both sets of code, and, yeah. and, and that, that works out great. So, and depending upon, you know, you might be doing stuff, um, requests from the server to another server, um, mm -hmm. and so that would be come in handy, or if you're making AJAX requests from the browser, then you can use the same same thing. So yep. that sounds really good. And there's so there's some more uh, larger frameworks to help you do this. Uh -huh. um, so we've, at Airbnb, we've open sourced something called Render, R-E-N-D-R. Okay. And it, it lets you take a backbone application and uh, pull it back to the server. So you can share your backbone views and collections and models. Uh, and so that is, it's a, it's a full single page app once you get booted up in the client side. But the server side, you can render any page from the server, the full page rendered on the server. And it uses Express on the server. So which is, what's so great about it is that first page load is super fast. Yeah. That's like one of the main reasons to do this kind right, of thing. Right, right. That's super fast because you get that full page of HTML. Yeah. Um, and SEO is, is better. Yeah. Uh, although 
the, the crawlers are getting more advanced these days. Yeah, but, sure, sure. Um, yeah, and then but to any single deep link in your app, yeah, it can handle that. That's um, perfect. Yeah, and so that's that's one that we've we've built. Uh, Yahoo has has been doing a lot of this actually. If you look at the new Flickr site, it's all isomorphic. So okay. the photos pages, uh, they render on the client or on the server really yeah. seamlessly. Wow. And they're using a bunch of libraries called Modown. Okay. M-O-D-O-W-N, Modown. Yeah. Okay. And it's a kind of loosely coupled collection of libraries that, that help you do this. Yeah. And they're doing this. Like Yahoo is really leading the charge, which is awesome. Uh-huh. Um, the homepage, a lot of different, like, the... They've got like sports and we got they've got a million web properties, but they're yeah. they're moving a lot of them to that. Uh, and then there's so a, a, another great one would be Meteor. Okay. Yeah. So Meteor's a popular project. It's awesome. It's mm-hmm. really advanced. It's all real time app framework. Yeah. And they they've got a different approach to isomorphic JavaScript. Okay. Um, they don't do server side rendering yet, mm-hmm. although it's on their roadmap. Okay. But what's so great about about what they do is uh, you you write modules. And you write like a server component and the client component, and it just all kind of works. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And they they use some static analysis to figure out like which which variables get exported to the client versus to the server, and it's like it's pretty phenomenal. Yeah. And that's I think it, that's the kind of thing that shows how powerful this concept is. Yeah. Awesome. That's great. So. Um so how would you uh, recommend that people that are wanting to get started with isomorphic um, uh, JavaScript or are using in both places, uh, templates and, and libraries and things like that, is there a good um, place that kind of documents these things or should, uh, or where would they start with? I mean, other than the ones you mentioned uh, so far, uh, yeah. where's a good place to start? That's a good question. Uh, I, I actually, I was Googling around and I found there's some sort of isomorphic JS.org or something, or uh, okay. I, I don't know what the domain name is, but there's someone actually created a website that yeah. chronicles a lot of these different libraries. Okay, uh, but um, I've got some resources on my website. Okay, spike.technology. Spike.technology. <laughs> all right, awesome. Um, and I'm gonna c- just compile a list of some okay. isomorphic resources. But there's there's a lot. So yeah, definitely look at Browserify. Okay, uh, Meteor, uh, React is really cool. Yeah. So React is getting a lot of press these days for being a great UI component library uh-huh. um, and we're, we're starting to use it at Airbnb but one of the one of the great features of react in my opinion is that it can do server-side rendering really well uh-huh. so it can either emit HTML for the server or it can emit Dom nodes for the client side okay and then the hardest part is something that they've figured out so one, one thing that's really hard about trying to serve up a full page of HTML and then turn it into a, a single page app is that the naive thing to do is to to render a bunch of HTML on the server, serve it up, and then when the when the client side bootstraps, you you would render all that again and throw away what's there and replace it. Oh right, right. That's like the naive easy right. thing to do. Right. The hard thing to do is to to reattach to what's there. Yeah. And then kind of uh, attach all your event handlers and get all that working. Yeah. Um, but React does that out of the box. Oh wow. And so that's great. They've. Facebook's used React isomorphically. Uh-huh. Instagram.com is actually written in React. Okay. Yeah. And it's a Django app, so it's a Python app on the server. Yeah. Uh, but for a while, they had a Node service that that ran on the box on the the Python box, and it would render everything server side. So okay. there's like some really interesting things you can do there. Yeah. As well. Yeah. So definitely look at React. Okay. Browserify. Yeah, and I forgot. I mean, uh, Browserify basically is opening up 
so much of npm to you i mean mm -hmm. you know and probably not everything but i mean you know a lot of your modules are going to work yep. uh, just magically <laughs> in yep. the browser so that's uh, that's good okay so I'll, we'll put uh, links to the show uh, in the show notes to uh, to uh, spike.technology and any other uh, resources that uh, that uh, if you find any in the meantime you can send me sure and i'll uh, put links in there but um yeah. So, uh, uh, how would people um, follow you on your on your website? Uh, is there any other good place to follow you online? Or Twitter's the best. Okay. Uh, Spike Brem. S P I K E B R E H M. Okay. Was the Twitter handle? Awesome. Um, and I try to stay up on the, the th those things. Yeah, I think it's an exciting uh, exciting space, and I think that uh, I'm glad that you're here uh, at JSConf to explain more to us and to uh, start to share because I think. Uh, that's always been the holy grail. I think people That's have always right. wanted to do, you know, uh, share code, share, you know, and, and we've been able to do that small ways before, but I think it's growing and growing now. We can do more and more every year. So Absolutely. I appreciate you uh, being here, Spike, to take the time to, to explain this. And uh, uh, we look forward to your talk today. Cool. Thanks, Jeff. I hope you've enjoyed this interview with Spike Brem discussing sharing JavaScript code across the browser and server. The links and show notes are available at codewinds.com slash nine. If you would like to keep up on the latest in web developer news and training, follow me on codewinds.com, where I have a podcast, blog, and video training covering Node and JavaScript. Until next time, this is Jeff Barcheski with CodeWinds. Music by Audionautics.com. <laughs>